Welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket Podcast. We definitely appreciate the listen. Do us a favor and click the like and follow to keep up with what's latest going on with the Grabbing the Brisket crew. Also, do us a favor, man. Drop us a review. We would love to hear the feedback. Good, bad, or Alden would say indifferent. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Stage right. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. Hey, I'm, I'm excited. This week we have Arnie Segovia on this week. Yes, if you don't know who that is... You don't know Texas Barbecue. Arnie Tex, a.k.a. Arnie Tex. Mm-hmm. So we, we've known him for a while in the competition barbecue circuit. Mm-hmm. Not known him personally. Not like we're hanging out with him and all that stuff like that. But we've heard of him and we've seen his videos. And I know he's he, he's put on his classes and stuff like that. So we're really super excited to have the guy on. Do, do you know if we've ever cooked against him? We have. I, I know for sure we cooked against him at Kids Unlimited. I'm excited. Uh, I got my questions all listed out. I'm ready to grill him. I'm trying to get those barbecue secrets. We'll see if we're going to get them. I don't know. Yeah. We've got a bunch of questions from listeners as well. Yeah. So everybody's week been good? Yeah. Do, do we want to delay this any further? Do we just want to roll right into the interview? I'm pretty excited to get into this. Maybe we let's talk uh, more after. We'll see how this interview goes. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get him on the phone. And we'll, we'll get the interview going. Okay. So welcome into the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. This is James. Hey, Arnie, um, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat barbecue with us. And is it Arnie Sergova? Am I saying that Segovia. Correct? Segovia, okay. Uh, also known in the barbecue world as Arnie Tex. Yes, sir. So we're, well, we're, thanks for having me, guys. I, I really appreciate it, man. I feel honored and humbled to be on your show, man. It's pretty cool. Thank you. So we, we've been following you for, well, see, okay, so we, we've gotten in, we, we do competition barbecue, and we've been in it for several years, and, and I know when we first got into the game, we're always searching. I mean, you got to learn. you got to try to see if you can get these tips and stuff, and, and we are fortunate enough to come across some of your videos and some of the other videos and, and information that has been put out there by previous, you know, not previous, still current, like pit masters to kind of help yeah. us move along and help us get a little bit better so right uh do us a favor i mean for the people that probably haven't heard of arnie tex can you can you let's just go back to kind of the beginnings how did it start how did you get into doing the competition barbecue um you know i mean just uh since I, well i'll tell you the whole story try to condense it i grew up on a farm uh in west texas in pickles and uh my dad was a foreman it was a big farming ranching operation about 7,000 acres and so I was driving a tractor when I was nine and um, you know my dad was the foreman and, and so once a month they'd have these huge parties at the farm and uh, at our house and they'd kill a cow or a couple of pigs or a few goats or something and in those days the parties went from Friday afternoon after work till Monday morning time to go to work <laughs> they were still <laughs> drunk I think you know and uh so there was always a lot of fire and barbecue and beer and stuff like that. And, and so I guess I just kind of grew up around it. You know, my dad loved to, um, you know, entertain and have people at his house. And, you know, he was a weekend warrior, you know, barbecuer guy. And um, so I just, I guess I just was around it most of my life growing up. And then I got married and moved on and, and um, 
wasn't really like a cooker like that or anything, but little by little, you know, I just, um, one of my uncles had given me a small barbecue pit as a wedding present. And, um, so I told my wife, Hey, I want to cook some steaks or a fajita or whatever. Right. And of course I wasn't very good at it then, but over time I, I, I kind of just developed a passion for it and, um, started to cook a lot and enjoyed cooking, not just outside, but inside as well. And, Fast forward to 1998 or between eight and nine, somewhere around there, and, and um, I was a GM at a at a large independent dealership here in South Texas. We had three stores, and so I had 12 salesmen, and we all liked to drink beer, hunt, fish, and barbecue. And so this is a true story, man. Literally, we barbecued for lunch six days a week. And um, then I'd go home and barbecue on Sundays too, man. And so, you know, I just was around it forever. And then one day we were on a vacation. We were in Austin. And I saw this store as we were driving by the freeway. And it said barbecues galore. So I made a UE and came back around. And we went in there and bought a bunch of stuff. I had never seen a store like that. And um, there was a barbecue news magazine there. And, and so we went to the hotel. I was looking through it that night. And. I still remember telling my wife, well, check this out, man. There's a bunch of freak knuckleheads like me that actually like to barbecue as much <laughs> as I do. They even have contests. And there was one in Houston, Texas, a couple of months down the you know, the calendar. And so we made a plan to go check it out, and we went. And um, I met a bunch of really good guys there. I met Ronnie Wade, who is, in my opinion, the winningest man in barbecue in Texas ever. Um just super humble, super nice guy. I met Johnny Triggs there, met the Canterbury's and a few other people that, that are not around anymore in the comp world uh, or cooking anymore. But anyway, that was kind of my first time experiencing competition barbecue, checking out these guys with motorhomes and trailers and some awesome cooking rigs. Um, I was just like totally like, wow, man, this is cool. This is what I want to do, right? And we got to judge. And um, we're sitting there at the table, and, you know, my wife would give me this look, and she'd be like, I think your barbecue's better than these guys. I think you could <laughs> compete with these guys, you know. So she kind of egged me on with that. And um, I came home, and my brother and I, uh, he used to work for us in the shop, and we just, every day for a few months, you know, we, we'd, after work, we'd stay a couple hours, and we'd work on a pit. And that's, we built that uh, Smoking Lone Star pit that you'll see on my Smoking Lone Star page. Um, it was an old propane tank. The trailer was a trash trailer. My dad had thrown it out in the backyard. You know, he used to use it to throw trash. It was an old, like an old 55 Ford uh, F-150, you know, one of those front axles, you know, that had the king pins on the sides and stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the axle for that. And uh, we went back to Houston six months later and uh, walked away. I, I want to say we were reserve grand champion, but I don't even know any better, man, back then. You know, it was long time ago and uh we might have been third overall i i prefer to say we were reserve right but right, i think right. we might have been third <laughs> overall <laughs> you know and you know we got some walks and i freaked out you know everybody was like hey who's this dude where he come from you know but i had been cooking so much and 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 uh kind of had all my timing and flavors down what i like to cook right or what i was used to cooking and so we did good and as some of you guys know once you get a couple of walks, you're done, you're toast, man. It's like crack, man, yeah, you're okay. hooked. And yeah, uh, a taste of it. Yeah, and so we started competing and uh, did okay. took us five years to win a grand um, for the same reasons you mentioned earlier. You know, sometimes you don't even know what's going on or what you're doing. I was just flying blind. I didn't know nothing, man. I was just 
showing up, having fun. And um, then in uh, like 2011, 12, uh, we had gotten out of it for a few years. My kids, when they got into their teenage years, didn't want to go to the cook-offs with us anymore. And so we sold the motor home and I bought a uh, an enclosed trailer and some dirt bikes. We did that for six years till they went to college. And uh, they got to race and have fun. And I broke a shoulder, and my big son broke a femur, and it was all fun. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you know, once they were back in college, we we're like, okay, what do we do next? You know. And I told my wife, I want to get back into cooking. She's like, let's do it. So here we are, man. Uh, we had a really good run from 2011 through 2017. 2018 was a little rougher for us. We had a lot of different things going on and couldn't really focus. We did cook a little bit, but not as much. And uh, then uh, also, but before that, in 2016, we did our first class. People kept asking me, hey, man, do a class. Hey, do a class. So I was like, oh, okay. So we put a class together here locally. And, uh, I mean, guys came from all over Texas, man. <laughs> One guy flew from Hawaii, man. He cut his uh, uh, vacation short and flew from Hawaii um, to come to my class, talk about being humbled and like, yeah, wow, how humbling you know? is that? You got a guy yeah, flying halfway across the like, world yeah, to come see that. Yeah, and I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but he's a pretty big name here in Texas now. And um, so, anyway, it was pretty cool, you know. And we did that class; it was twenty-five people, and we had like fifteen people wanting to get in. I said, "Man, I ain't got room." I'm like, kind of freaked out that so many people wanted to take my class. I never felt like you know I was like the super dude that knew bunch of stuff we just cooked and had fun did our thing and we're lucky you know i thought and uh so we did a class a week later and had 18 people in that one and then we had people asking us to go to other towns and nobody had ever really done that in the past other instructors everybody's like you come to my place and we'll teach you right and so we hopped onto our you know trailer and and uh, loaded up a bunch of stuff and Went to Laredo. We went to uh, Andrews, Texas. Uh, no, in Lubbock. Uh, we went to Houston a couple of times, you know, and, and then San Marcos a couple of times. And the only place we have not done uh, a full-on comp class in person was in the DFW area. Why, I don't know why we never made it that far. But we did have guys come from down there to the San Marcos class and to the Houston class. But um, so anyway... That's that's what we've done. Uh, we were fortunate to have a winning combination of recipes and techniques, and people wanted to learn from us, so we started doing that. And, and then um, a couple of years ago, my son and I, uh, he had an idea to do an Arnie Tech thing. He's a video guy, and that was his thing in college. And so we started with that. It was really more like a project for him for fun, and it just kind of took off, man. And, and people, I guess, we just... I, how do you say right place right time we started playing with it and it kind of took off and so we just kind of ran with it and he um he's uh you know professional he grew when he was in high school he worked for a photo studio uh, and and video studio and so they did weddings and portraits and all that sort of, so he knew all of that and so we started making videos and he knew how to edit and, um then my older my younger boy got out of college and they both started working on this little project with me you know it's all spare time for all of us uh when we started it all and, and uh, it's been fun and uh last year we launched our online class and uh, it, it was a pre-launch it wasn't finished but it's done pretty well um uh, for sure nobody's getting rich or nothing like that but 
you know, the bills are paid and we, we got food on the table and the lights are on. So it's pretty fun to do what you love to do and, and um, you know, and, and enjoy it and, and to see that people are still wanting to learn from you. That's That's been a really great ride, a really uh, humbling and, and fun experience for us. And we're trying to figure out a few more things here in the near future, but uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We won a bunch of cook-offs in 2017. We were inducted into the IBCA Hall of Fame right there next to Ronnie Wade. So that was like a huge, huge honor, first of all, to get in there. Second of all, to be standing next to Ronnie Wade, because he is, in my opinion, the baddest-ass cook Texas has ever seen, period. You know, he's just an amazing, amazing, the winningest cook in Texas, in my opinion, ever. I mean, he started a year before I did, and he was still doing it up to a couple of years ago. And I think he still does, but not as many, you know, because I think, you know, for whatever reason, we all have different things going on in our lives. Sure. But that's kind of where we're at right now, brother. Sorry if I ra- uh, rambled a little too much, but I tend to do that. No, you're good. We, we love to hear that. That's perfect, actually. Yeah. I'll say this, too. I'm very fortunate and very blessed that I have a wife that supports me and has always backed me up and that had always been by my side, you know, doing what I like to do. Not so much that she loved it, but, you know, if she's with me and we're having fun and doing what we, I like to do, she's having fun and she's enjoying it. Um, and I say that because I do see a lot of guys at cook-off that, you know, I know some guys that have been cooking for years and I've seen them at every cook-off and I've never seen their wives there, you know, um, you know, and everybody's different, you know, you can't blame them or whatever. Some, some ladies don't like to go to cook-offs, you know, I mean, they don't want to smell like smoke and they don't want to be around it for whatever reason, you know, it's not their thing and, and that's cool. But my point is that I'm very fortunate and blessed that I do have that, that my sure. wife's always there helping me out and, Without her, I probably would not have done as well as we've done over the years. I mean, we've got this little rhythm going now, um, maybe not this year because of Corona, but, you know, I mean, it's like an intuitive thing, you know. My, my alarm rings in the morning, she jumps up, she's already pulling my brisket out for me, you know, and I'm getting my clothes on if it's cold outside or whatever. Uh, I walk outside and light the fire, and when I come out, she's got the brisket on the table, you know, on the counter, inside the trailer. She's got the ribs out by the sink, you know, and she's got, you know, all my ingredients that I'm going to use. She pulls them out of her food, you know, and it's just like, boo, it makes my job a lot easier having my wife do stuff like that for me. I'm not the super most organized guy mentally, and uh, I kind of always run seat of the pants for a lot of stuff, you know. And uh, including cooking, it's just like for me, it's more uh, see, feel, touch, you know, look, uh, you know, and some guys have everything written down to the nitty gritty minute and second, you know, and I've just never cooked that way myself. I do recommend it and I encourage people to set alarms on their phones. I do do that right now uh, or in the last few years, but I never used to cook that way. Um, the advantage to doing that and being a little bit organized is that you make less mistakes and you don't overcook your brisket and, and, uh, you have a better shot at getting a walk or a win and stuff like that. If you're a little bit better organized and she helps me with that also, she'll like get the turn in time sheet and she'll say, okay, ribs are it, whatever, chickens at whatever. Now they're standard, but they didn't used to be that way. And so she would say, all right, what time are you going to put your ribs on? And she'd be looking at the clock. Hey, it's eight. You don't have your ribs on. Go out there and put your ribs on. <laughs> so but for me personally, that has helped me a lot. It really has over the years. It just really makes our machine work really well. That's awesome, man. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, um, you know, because that's, you know, being on a cook team and stuff like that, you know, uh, 
our wives are very involved and you know awesome. and stuff the kids the kids haven't outgrown the ages yet you know the kids kids for the most part love being there um yeah you know i think one of one of, one of the guys here john may have the uh the oldest kids here and uh, but for the most part, the younger ones, they, they like being there and stuff. The wives love being there. But to get back to your point, you know, it's sometimes it's a party and sometimes it's for, for business. You know what I mean? And and you right. can't you can't do both, you know, and yes, and, and you seem to figure out what you want to do. Yes, very true. Very true. And, and um, a few years back, we had several sponsors, you know, local friends of ours that own businesses and companies and whatever. And, you know, I had this big cooking rig, you know, it had a. Uh, I'm going to say it was a seven foot grill on the back of the trailer by 36 inch diameter or maybe 40. I don't even remember anymore. It was a monster. And on the side, it had the same size diameter smoker with a big firebox and then the upright. And uh, so we'd haul a freaking two truckloads of wood to the cook off. That was the old hard way, man. And but but my buddies, my sponsor buddy would show up on Saturday morning and say, hey, man, I brought four racks of ribs. Can you throw them in there? And I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm competing. Dude. You know, now I just throw them on the corner. Don't worry about them. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, you got to do them right. You know, they got my name on it, you know, and I'd be like, uh, I'll cook for you guys any other time for free, man. Just not on a Saturday when I'm going to cook. Oh, come on, man, throw them in there. Of course, they're there, and they're my buddies. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, and so those kind of little things can definitely distract you and take you off your game. And uh, after a year and a half or two of that, I got smart and sold that big-ass trailer. And so I had my little backyard pits, and that's what I took to the cook-off. <laughs> so one of them shows up, and, hey, man, I got a extra brisket in there. And I'm like, sorry, dude, it doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in your ice chest, man. No room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i said i'll take it with me home i'll kick it for you tomorrow at home you know and then i'll even bring it to your house and so w i did it for that reason primarily but you know guys what i figured out that smaller pits are so much easier to m maintain and run and you're not working your butt off with a fire pit and just tons of wood and loading up more and more stuff that you didn't really need and, and it's just so much easier to travel light too um and, and and it's interesting because when i started to cook on those smaller rigs is when we started to win a lot more um and, and i and i don't know that it was the smaller rigs or if it was just a combination of a lot of things you know i was trying different recipes all the time and doing diff different things as well so uh i think things just kind of fell in place for us at that time yeah, I, I, I can say for sure I've noticed that cooking on a smaller rig is um, – we're probably more consistent, I guess you could yes. say, because we're not having to to maintain – you know, you, you have a 45-degree swing in temperature and you're fighting a fire, then now your, your meat may take an extra 25 minutes to cook, which 25 minutes can be a big deal. 30 minutes can be a yes. big deal when you're cooking chicken or cooking ribs or anything else. So. Yep. I've definitely definitely noticed that um, we, we've kind of, kind of kind of a mixture of different pits. John's got a he's got a 500 gallon smoker and a 250 gallon smoker on the same trailer, which that's a that's a massive trailer that hopefully he'll be using to you know basically cook for a bunch of people, a bunch of causes and events and whatever else. Uh, but for yeah. competition, um, in the past we as a team we've cooked with the, like a pit maker. Um, the pit maker sniper or what's the what's the other one let's see is it a sniper is that what it's called mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's kind of the one we've been using uh yeah perfect the, size it is it really is uh and then 
but something I've seen, like, even in some of your videos, do, are you using the the barrels at all in, in, in your competitions, or are you using an off, offset smoker? I, I've done a little bit of everything uh, over the years. I've cooked on everything you can imagine. Um, and I, I had bought a couple of gateway drums a couple years back, a few years back. And, um, well, I bought one, and they had loaned me one. One of our sponsors loaned me one of them. And uh, I really liked them. They cooked great. Um, but for whatever reason, I kind of liked cooking on my small offset. I had a real small offset, and I had an old Weber-looking kettle that was aluminum that used to be my dad before he passed away. And so that was kind of special to me, not all that around. And um, I was cooking ribs on a little upright, I think it's called Smoky Mountain, yeah. uh, box. And that you know they they sell them in Home Depot. A friend of mine had had bought it, had had it for a while. It was a gas grill, you know, it had a gas thing on the bottom, and it rotted out. And he's like, "Hey man, you want this thing? Get it out of here." So, yeah, I take it home. So I took it home, put a quarter inch plate on the bottom, made a basket for it, and so I would cook ribs in that little upright deal, and I'd put a water pan in there, and we were real successful with that three little combination. The little offset was a 16 inch smoker with a little firebox. And, um, and that just was like my winning formula right there for a few years. And, uh, and then I sold my gateway, the one that was mine, uh, to a friend of mine who just begged and begged and begged and begged and harassed me till I finally sold it to him. And, um, then later on I regretted it. And then just last year I got hooked up with Steven. We had a class at his house and, and we got together on two deals there. I had a, a, um, drum made by him and i bought his offset stick burner lone star grills that i was looking to buy anyway i was already like gonna order one and then he had one in the backyard and and you know he's told me give me so much and i had the money in my pocket it was so cheap i said here dude. <laughs> I said, before he changes his mind man here's the money right and uh so then we loaded up on my truck and brought it home so um since then i have been cooking on that drum at cook-offs um, so it was basically a year up until San Antonio and Austin Rodeo. Okay. And, uh, those drums are pretty badass, man. I, I really, really think they cook some awesome barbecue. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for what you're, what, what, how much fuel you're putting into them versus and having to maintain a certain heat, they yes. work perfect. And one of the things yes. I, I've, I've struggled with, and we use, um, we use Jealous Devil a lot when we're when we're using those type of smokers, just because they they maintain the heat so well. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll mix in a, a little bit of oak or a little bit of mesquite or whatever we're trying to infuse with, right? Um, but uh-huh. I have not been really successful, uh, I guess. And maybe John or James has a little probably probably more so than I have. Is getting like a really really good um, smoke ring, having that really deep smoke ring hit. On, on that versus um, versus like the offset smoker. I, for some reason, yeah. and I've, I've got one that my uncle built uh, just like sitting outside, and it's not a very big pit. We probably comfortably would probably fit four briskets on there, uh, and, uh-huh. and that's it, you know. But four briskets, it's, it's, it's tight to get that on there. and But that thing, to me, just sinks. A, I get a crazy smoke ring with that thing, you know. So wow. I, don't, I don't know. Is it... Do y'all have do you have the same thing like hey with the offset, I I know that I'm getting a different type of barbecue than with the the drum smoker or is it the same for you? No, not really. Uh, I I I honestly never had an issue that I can remember getting a smoke ring on on any of my cookers drums. 
even on the hasty bag, even on my pellet grill, I mean, I usually get a pretty nice smoke ring. I don't know that there's any magic to it, you know. I mean, I, I don't even put my meat in there cold. I usually let it sit out for a while. Um, so I'm not real sure what the answer to that is. But um, every once in a while, even when I do everything right and even on the stick burner, it'll be like a real small smoke ring. Um, and I've never really figured out why. But every once in a while that happens. But most of the time I'm fine. If I put that brisket on the drum uh, over direct coals, you know, I mean, and it just smokes up a storm with that dripping for a little while. Yep. I usually get a nice smoke ring on mine. Yeah. Now, the issue you do have with drums and like my Hasty Bake Legacy, because they are a smaller, very tight cooker and they run very little airflow, um, you or I've always had like a hard time getting them to bark up. Uh, because the environment in there is small and it's so moist, especially with the brisket in there because it's sweating all that moisture out. Um, so I have a hard time getting the bark. And then at the end, getting the sauce to set um, is a little more challenging than on a stick burner or some other types of cookers as well. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ever really concerned about the you – know, I, I think a smoke ring looks pretty, especially when you're plating in a box, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and it looks really, really good when you have that just that little section of a little bit of fat, a little bit of smoke ring, and everything's yes. uniform and everything else. But um, I don't know. I'm always giving guys a hard time. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I I am a stick burner uh, cooker myself. I I really enjoy feeding the fire and maintaining it and, and that whole that whole thing. And it, we have some uh, some pellet grills as well um here i don't personally own one uh, but a couple of the guys here do um and I, I always give them a little bit of a hard time because i feel like they're cheating um <laughs> right so yeah, and I, yeah. I i call bullshit all the time on them but don't get me wrong when, when they have it fired up and i'm like damn i don't really don't want to fire up a smoker right now i love putting meat onto it so i'm yes. guilty but uh so but you've never used that for a competition right like for like the pellet smokers or have you yeah, I have. Uh, I ran uh, a Traeger for a while. Uh, I didn't like cook exclusively on it, but uh, uh, my my observation has been that most guys that are running pellet smokers at cookoffs are not cooking straight on them either from start to finish. They're either starting on something else and finishing on the pellets, or they're starting on pellets and finishing on the other one the other way around. Um, but they, yeah, I used them uh, in in in. Um, for a little while, I, I didn't get the results that I wanted uh, doing that, so I went back to charcoal and sticks. Um, I, I have not cooked on a stick burner at a cook-off probably since 2017. Um, and I hadn't had one for a while, you know, because I was sponsored by Hasty Bake. Not sponsored, but I was their rep in, 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 in Texas, and, um, and, and I was sponsored by a local store that, that had giving me one of them uh and so i cooked on two hasty bakes and we were pretty successful not as much as when i had that other combination but i don't know that it was the pit or if it was just that we had already trained along with some other instructors enough people that it made it harder for us to win you know for all of us uh they were doing classes and um so it was good but i'm going to tell you what man when i got that lone star grills and and, and it, that pit had some issues man i had to tear it up from the inside and redo some stuff in the firebox it just I, in my opinion uh you know it didn't flow right uh it needed a little bit bigger stack and i still haven't changed it out but i got it tuned now where it runs really really consistent from side to side and 
and it'll actually burn the log. But anyway, but th- that's um, your that's your Lone Star Grill. Yeah, my Lone Star Grill. See, I, yeah, I, but I tell you what, man, when that when you put a brisket on there and cook it right, I don't know that anything can match that, man. Honestly, man, they're just so freaking good, man. Different taste, little different flavor. I I've been looking at their shop and their their pits. That's the one that's on forty five, right? When you're going out of town, like Conrad yes. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've looked at all their barbecue pits, and I've really been interested in in I guess their craftsmanship. They look like they're put together really really well. I just I've never seen one up close, right? I've been to like pits by JJ. I've been to um, pit maker. Pit maker. Uh, there's yeah. you know, even close, I think is here in town, whatever pits by, uh, yeah. what's, the, what's the other yeah. one? The Gator, uh, Gator pits. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of those guys, they all kind of started at, at one of the two big pits. ones, I guess. And then went and opened their own. Uh, I, I haven't, I think, I don't remember if I've ever seen a JJ up close, but I think he used to work for one of those others also. Um, and I think the pit maker board used to work for pits and spits and, did, and went yeah. on and, and built their thing. And they've done a phenomenal job, no doubt about it. Um, but I can tell you from a fit, finished craftsmanship point of view, that Lone Star Grill is definitely not, it's second to none. I mean, it, it closes tight, everything seals. It's really, really a very well-built pit. In my opinion, internally, it was a kind of overbuilt, in my opinion, for... The typical Joe Blow, um, but what I didn't like about it and don't still is that it has that square five-inch pipe, and uh, it just doesn't. If it's not sitting perfect with the right draft, <clears throat> it will not, you know, draft, uh, and then it'll backburn, you know, a little bit or, or backflow. So that's on um, your that, that's on your fire pit. You're saying like the firebox itself? Yeah, it'll it'll kind of come back the other way if the wind's not blowing just right, or if it turns around on me or whatever. So to me, that that one that I have, it's a twenty-four by forty-eight, and it's like I said, it's beautiful, awesome pit. Um, but it really needs like at least a six-inch stack on the end, and and a little different uh, outlet, kind of like I'm gonna say like Franklin's and Jambo and everybody's doing nowadays, uh, with a little bevel out and then the stack out a little bit, so it generates a little more. Uh, flow and curvature coming out so there's less resistance what a lot of people don't realize is, is that a square pipe it, you know like you take that five inch square pipe uh in in real world numbers it's not a five inch it's not going to flow five inches of air it's it, the corners are basically dead they might flow a little bit in there but the, on the corners but they're basically dead so your five inch pipe actually becomes a four and a quarter maybe four and a half inch pipe on a good day yeah um and and to me that's too restrictive for that size of a pit um i think the firebox is a little too big they're supposed to be about 30 percent of the size of the cooking chamber um you know if you've got experience and been doing it forever like i have you figure out how to quote unquote make it work right but um i think if they shrank the firebox down a little bit and if i was to go order one from them i would not i would definitely make them put a round six inch pipe on it at the other end no offender buts about it and I'd pay extra, you know, if I had to to have that done. It just will work much more efficiently. I had another stick burner a couple of years back. Um, there was a 48 inch, and not a well, same exactly 48 like this one. And it had the same issue. It had a very restrictive exhaust, and they went and redid it for me. And uh, it still wasn't right. They put a four inch square. And I'm sitting there drinking beer one night in my garage, just super frustrated. I felt like I had lost a couple of cook-offs or three already um, due to the pit not working the way it was supposed to. 
uh, and I was struggling. I was fighting it at the cookoff every weekend. So I was sitting there one weekend. We didn't go out, and I was just sitting there drinking beer on a Saturday night. And I was like, screw it, man. I got my welder out and my torch at 10 <laughs> o'clock at night, man, and cut the whole son of a bitch off. And I had a six-inch pipe there that I had bought for a different project. And, I mean, it was like 1.30 in the morning when I got done with that thing. And I put a fire in it at 1.30 in the morning. And, man, you could see that thing just like, oh, man, it was sucking that smoke and, and heat out of there. It was just a beautiful sight, man. I recorded it and uh, sent it to the guy. And I said, this is what I wanted, man. This is how it's supposed to work, you know. And, and we're really good friends, actually, you know. But, um, you know, everybody thinks a little different. And, and I think a lot of times the builders, and I hope I'm not pissing anybody off, but I think a lot of times the builders, uh, uh, rightly so, have the total cost involved yeah. uh, because they're not building one pit at a time. They're building a bunch of them. And so when you're a business, you have to look at every little corner and edge and cut a dime here and a nickel there. And uh, I think, you know, they, sometimes they forget that the, the pit needs to run a certain way. Um, and I think also for your typical backyard guy, it's they don't have the demands um, that some of us that are competitors the expect out of our cookers. Right. I mean, when I open that exhaust a little bit, I expect that thing to boom, go. You know, I want it to jump 100 degrees, you know, in five minutes it's supposed to. Uh, and some of them won't do it. You know, they're just not designed right. Uh, and I'm not saying this one is, it's, but I've had some other ones in the past. It's, I've seen a lot of them. Uh, I see a lot of them advertised online now. Not the bigger companies like those, but a lot of local welder guys and whatever that are building pits. I mean, and I see them and I'm like, man, they don't have a clue what they're doing. <laughs> you know, and I don't say nothing, you know, because it's none of my business. But, you know, and uh, but yeah, there's a science to all of that for them to work really, really well. And um, anybody can put a firebox on there and put a stack at the other end, and you're going to have a 175-degree difference from the firebox to the exhaust pipe. But the guys that know what they're doing, they're mm -hmm. not going to vary in temperature from the firebox to the other end more than 5 or 10 degrees. And uh, I've had, I had fixed the other one to do that, and I've got this one where it's about a 5 or 6-degree difference also from one end all the way to the other end. Works really good. So I, I think we got a couple of questions for uh, some some of our listeners, Arnie. Are you uh, okay? You want to you want to field a couple of questions? Sure, man. Let's do it. All right. I think there was one guy also on on, on uh, Instagram that had asked about the difference between uh, Central Texas style salt and pepper and South Texas style flavor profile. We'll get to that one when you guys are ready to. Yeah. Why don't we uh, Why don't we start out with that one then? Uh, and I think Alden might have that that actual question. I, I did, but okay. I think I think you asked it better than I did. Yeah, that was from uh, Brew Tholomew, yeah, and he's on Instagram. He basically asked, like, what's the difference between South Texas and Central Texas as far as seasoning goes? You know, I honestly don't think there's a whole lot or much difference, if any, um, you know, because I, I, I see a lot of the local guys posting online, too, and uh, it is still, for your typical guy, it's salt and pepper, um, you know, but there's so many great rubs out there now, you know, I mean, like y'all know Bill up there's got his basic beef, Chupacabra's got their brisket magic Texas and uh, Lucky Charms has his stuff and Aaron has his. And there's so many really great rubs out there now that um, you don't have to just use salt and pepper. And uh, I consulted with a local restaurant here last couple of years back and, um, you know, they were kind of wanting to have a little bit more than salt and pepper because that's what everybody uses, right? 
So I, I helped them with the rub, and we came up with a good flavor profile that they really like. And, you know, they want to be in the, I mean, the first, like right out of the gate, man, they were in the Texas Monthly Top 50, uh, in the Top 25 even. And uh, so we were super proud of that. And I think it's just that now our palate, it's a little different generation, a little different flavor profile for everybody because everybody eats out a lot. There's a lot of fast food. That stuff has a lot of salt and sugar and whatever. And so everything's gotten a little sweeter and a little saltier, I think, at the same time, if that makes any sense. So I think down here a lot of people cook with salt and pepper and a lot of people use seasonal. Um, you know, there's some good seasonals out there, like McCormick. Uh, it's really good. And uh, Fajita Fiesta has been my favorite go-to for, like, everything yep. for a long, long Fried time. Fried potatoes, everything. Yes. It's awesome stuff, man. <laughs> Hamburger Deluxe is an amazing, you know, base for brisket, too, or by itself, even, you know. It's fantastic. Their uh, Fiesta's brisket rub is awesome, too. I love that stuff. Um, and I don't use that one because I make mine, but... I mean, that's an awesome rub, too, for the typical backyard guy that, you know, isn't going to make his own stuff that doesn't buy, you know, $500 worth of, you know, individual spices and salt and pepper and stuff. You know, you can just go to the store and buy any one of those. They're all really going to produce a really great brisket. Um, but as far as the difference, Central Texas down here, I don't think it's a whole lot different um, it, uh, other than, you know, people having personal preferences individually. Uh, but overall, I think we pretty much brisket-wise the same. I think our culture down here, traditionally, the cooking technique was different. And I'm just going to use my own dad as an example. He used to cook briskets all the time. But his was what I call backwards. You know, He would put a bunch of mustard on them, put a bunch of salt and pepper on them, wrap them in foil, and stick them in the barbecue pit. And uh, when they were done, he would unwrap them and put a little bit of smoke on them then at the end. Which is, you know, yeah. I mean, we call that backwards now, but right. back then that was the way they did it. And there may still be a few guys that do that down here, but uh, none that I know personally. But that's the way we used to cook them down here in South Texas, in deep South Texas. And um, so other than that, I think everybody nowadays, thanks to social media and YouTube and videos and all that, I think everybody kind of more or less does the same thing. I do think that the restaurants in general, I mean, I know the few that we have down here that I've been to, they don't use straight-up salt and pepper. They all have their own little personal blend of uh, spices and rubs for their barbecue. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, we, we have a running joke. There's a here, We live in uh, here in Pearland. I'm not sure you're familiar mm -hmm. with South South Houston area. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I went to cook off there a while back, too, in Pearland. Okay, okay. Which one Didn't, was it? Was it Kids Unlimited? It was, no, it was that one that was not sanctioned for many years. And uh, and then they did IBCA one year, and I, and I was able to sneak in at the last minute. I talked, They were already full, and I talked to the promoter and let me in. And um, we wound up going up there, and, and um, we won the cook-off. And supposedly, this is the way the story goes, that all the local guys were really pissed off because the IBCA <laughs> guys walked, and they didn't. And um, so they didn't sanction it again after that. It paid good money. It's a, it's a pretty regular and big event with some pretty good prize money i can't remember the name of it but um anyway it's been an ongoing one for a long time from what i understand there okay uh, so anyway yeah i've been to Paraland. it's cool but they've got the uh killens barbecue Killens, yeah. here and if you've, you've heard of them or been ronnie killen has got a few you got a steakhouse a burger place uh, 
Yeah, food place I, I have and... not made it to Killings yet, and I know Ronnie personally. I've met him on the trail a couple of times. He was right across from me at the San Antonio Rodeo two years ago too, and so we got to chat with him. What an awesome guy, man! He is super humble, yeah. super nice guy. Just you would never think, you know, that that he's as big as he really is because he doesn't act that way. Uh, just a really nice guy, but uh, I have not made it there. Uh, I think the times I've been up there, they I think they were closed on a Monday that I was coming through town. And um, just for whatever reason, it just hasn't lined up for us. But I, I've been to a few others that were open during the times I've been through the Houston area or hung around there a while. But that's definitely one my bucket list for sure. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that does do the – he does the, the salt and pepper, but he's also putting a little bit something else on there. Because I know spin. he has another uh, rub out there other than the SPG. Yeah. The, the oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. he does. I mean, he's a super chef, so yeah. he, he, I doubt he's going to do straight salt and pepper. Number one, number two, he's also cooking wagyu's. I don't know if he still does, but I know he was for a long time. Uh, just from I, what I, I, I heard, he's still doing it. Yeah, he was cooking those Snake River Farms. Yeah, so his brisket's got to be on another level. My uh, sister moved down here from uh, Ohio last year, maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, I think it was last year, and um, they were coming through there. And, she texted me and said, where, where can I get some brisket, barbecue? We're starving for Texas barbecue. And I said, go to Killens. It's on your way. It's going to be a little out of your way from, you know, the main road. I said, but I guarantee it'll be worth it. So they stopped in there, and they said it was awesome. They got a little sticker shock on <laughs> on the pricing, you know, and they were all done. But, you know, and I told her, I said, it's why good. I mean, that's some high-dollar good stuff. You're not getting just any old uh, H-E-B brisket, you know, the cheapy stuff. It's it's the good stuff. But And she was like, well, it was amazing, but, man, it was expensive. But, you know, then again, they, they weren't used to buying barbecue in Texas for no. a few years while they were living up there, you know. Yeah, not not at 20, 20-something dollars a pound either. Right. So. <laughs> okay, so we've got – Heck, I went to my local place here two days ago, um, and uh, it's the one that, that I had helped, you know, get up and running and – I ordered a half pound of lean, a half pound of moist, two baked potatoes, a beer, and a soda for my wife. Um, and it was $48, you know. And uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know. And, and, and they cook high-end primes. They're not Wagyu, but they're high-end primes. But it was fantastic. And, you know, sometimes you don't have time to cook or whatever. I mean, shoot, I'll pay. Man, if it's good, I don't mind, you know. I'm going to no. pay. Right, Yeah. I agree. Uh, so we got some more questions here from listeners. I'm going to try to get through some Shoot. of these for you. Y'all got to stop me sometimes because I tend to rattle, <laughs> no, rattle a lot. No, you're, you're good. good. We love you're it. Good. Yeah, it, it yeah. makes for good listening. Yeah, it it's better than the alternative. I promise. Okay, so this question we got, and this is um, from Burly Boy. He asked, "What is your go-to album when you're li- when you're when you're barbecuing? What are you listening to? What is my go-to what album? Music? Music? Oh, music, man." I am pretty eclectic when it comes to music. I like a lot of different kinds of music. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm almost. Uh, I just turned fifty nine, so I grew up in the seventies and eighties, you know. And when it was in the seventies, my parents were kind of hip, you know. I mean, they listened to the Mamas and the Papas and the Four Seasons and all of that really cool, you know, fifties and sixties music. So I grew up with that. And then you know, got to high school and, and all that, and we had all of our era of music. But, man, I mean, we love Ozzy. We love, you know, uh, uh, ZZ Top, you know, Cheap Trick, all of that stuff. We generally do serious radio or iHeart, you know, and, and, and listen to what we like. I, I wouldn't say it's any one particular album. 
my wife loves jazz, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so we'll listen to that too sometimes. And um, I love country music. I grew up with it too. So Waylon and Willie and, Ma- and Merle Haggard, I mean, they're my heroes too. I mean, I listen to a little bit of everything, you know, off and on. Just, I like I said, I'm kind of eclectic. Depends on what mood I'm in that day. Um, but I listen to a lot of different music for sure. And some of the modern stuff as well. Yeah, so like when the uh, so so what you're saying is like if you're if if it's a perfect day and um, you just pulled your brisket off, it's resting, it looks great, everything's working the way you wanted it to. You may be pulling up some some Aussie or you may be pulling up some some type of classic rock or whatever else. But if it's if it's uh, if you're in the weeds a little bit, is there something you're going to? Is there something like to get you get you motivated, get you going, or not really? I wouldn't say it's anyone. Uh, no, I mean, we just kind of listen to whatever's coming out of Sirius or iHeart most of the time. Um, and um, like I said, we'll, we'll pick the vinyl classic, uh, classic vinyl or whatever it is, and uh, stuff like that. I mean, it just, I like the, um, when we listen to country, we're in the mood for that. We like that Outlaw or Country. Or oh, whatever, yeah. yeah. Cool. Outlaw Radio. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. one's pretty badass. And, and, and uh, sometimes it's not country, it's the other stuff. But, Really, really, we don't. I, I'm not going to say I have one favorite special band or group. Or I like them all, man. It's just whatever mood I'm in. Uh, ZZ Top was like my go-to, like for a long, long time, and for, uh, I never was like a big Ozzy Osbourne guy. But here recently, I don't know. Man, we've been listening to him a lot. Me and my wife, we both really like it. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, sometimes, you know, going cook off to cook off to cook off for the last several years, you do feel like you're on that crazy train, you know, <laughs> you just going and going and going on a crazy train, man, but it's fun. But yeah, I, I, I like all kinds of music, man. I really do. And, and, and generally when I'm at a cook off, because of what I said earlier, my wife's my right hand and whatever she wants to listen to, man, I'm game. I'm really more focused on my game, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, I'll just, you know, she'll start cleaning up and I'll go outside and drink a beer or sit there on the couch or at the table and drink a beer and just kind of try to relax. And uh, I'm blessed in another way that she's a real OCDC, or what do you call it, OCD? OCD, Cleaner-upper. Yeah. I mean, the minute I get back from turning bridges, she's like, she's already got stuff going. She's cleaning up and she's straightening out. And she's <laughs> like, okay, man, get out of my way. I'm cleaning up. And I'm like, can I sit here for 10 minutes right, and right. drink a beer? You're, you're, like, you're sure like, I can't okay, just help you out? out uh, yeah, you're sure I can't help you out? She's like, no, no, just get out of my way. Just yes, let me do exactly. this. exactly. That's exactly right. Speaking of drinking so, a beer. Yeah, oh. so, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of where we're at on all that and on the music. You just I like a lot of different stuff. It's different weekend. I like different stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah, we've got uh, Texas Brew Hopper. Uh, wrote in and said, uh, favorite brew uh, to drink while you're grilling or, 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 or at a competition? Man, that's another tough one. Just like the music, I'm very eclectic on beer. I used to be a Bud Light guy forever. I mean, that's been my favorite beer forever. But I don't know. If they say that as you get older, your palate changes a little bit. And Man, I don't know. It's just like beer don't taste like beer half the time anymore. I don't know why. I think it's just me. But, I mean, I'll switch from Bud Light to, you know, Dos Equis to Shinerbach. Uh, lately, I've gotten into all of these uh, newer things, you know, like, um, what's that called? Four Corners Brewery. They make a bunch of different beers. Uh, mm-hmm. I like all of theirs. A lot of their, I like their Chingon and I like their Killer Bee. Uh, mainly because 
they have eight percent alcohol, and I don't have to drink as many <laughs> to get a nice little buzz. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. See, this is see, I'm I, I knew like, one I or knew. two. You're good. Yeah, you, I knew. You got to drink twelve Bud Lights, and then you feel like you know a big old barrel of water or something. You know, <laughs> you know, you drink about three of those, and I'm good, man. Yeah, <laughs> we have relaxed. a uh, we we have one here. It's called uh, Saloon Door, and they make a um, it's a it's called Ridiculous AF. Um, uh-huh. beer, peanut butter, chocolate stout. I think is what it is, right? That wow. thing is twelve and a half percent alcohol by volume. A couple of those beers. Wow, that's all you need. Wowzer! Yeah, and, and they're so good. Oh man, like, I want to try that. Yeah, it's like a glass. It's like a bottle <laughs> of wine. If you're a fan of chocolate and peanut butter, then that, yeah, that's right up your alley. Yeah, yeah, and you know we've also uh, gotten here in the last couple of years. We've kind of enjoyed wine, my wife and I, and we're not connoisseurs by any stretch of the imagination I mean, we'll go and, and we'll ask the wine guy there at the grocery store or at the liquor store hey man what's a new one what's a good one that we want to try and he'll be like well this is good this is this, this you know and, and so we'll try different stuff all the time you know and uh i got on that app what's it called that vino or something or other online yeah. um it's like a and, wine and uh, uh yeah so list. you get to take pictures of the bottle and it gives you Vivino, I think that's what we're called. I'm looking at my phone, Vivino. And so that kind of keeps us a little track record of what we've drank and what we liked about it. I'll put, you know, some comments in there. But beer, my favorite beer, I'm going to say, you know, it's, it's if I'm barbecuing in the backyard, it's going to be Shinerbach or it's going to be Dos Equis most of the time. Lone Star is another one of my go-tos. We always, always, always have Lone Star and Bud Light in the refrigerator. Um, you know, if we're throwing a party or, or we're going to a party and, and, and we're going to hang out with friends, I'm taking Bud Light, you know, because it's, it's not going to knock me out and, um, it's a little less expensive, you know, to quote unquote throw away, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, just but them. at home, I, I usually don't drink Bud Light. I'll drink one of all of those <laughs> others that I talked about. Lone Star's probably my favorite all around go-to beer uh i think i like that one the most if i was going to pick a favorite it's probably going to be the lone star let me ask you this arnie so i i got a uh tweet in from ryan bain he he's asking with thanksgiving right around the corner any secrets for the bird um yes you know i mean and that's funny he's asking that and i guess everybody's got that on their mind right now and, and we were wanting to do a short uh here's my five tips and i've got those on i've got one of those on my youtube channel also i think i have three turkey videos on my youtube channel but um i i just felt like maybe it's a time for a new here's my five tips to cook a perfect bird this holiday season or whatever and i just have not had three hours in a day so i can sit down and kind of put some a semi-script with some highlights and whatever so i can sit in front of the camera and do it but I'm going to say the, 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 the couple of pointers, and this is just from experience, you know, the big thing that a lot of people, including my own mother, it happens almost every year, that they just neglect to do is to really properly thaw the bird out, you know, because they'll put it in the refrigerator two or three days before Thanksgiving, you know, and then they'll pull it out and go, oh, yeah, it's all thawed, but those turkeys down on the bottom part of the thigh where it connects to the drumstick and inward from there inward man they stay frozen for a long time there and i've pulled turkeys at 175 80 degrees 
and probe the thigh on the side, you know, and it's hitting 170 degrees or whatever. And then you go to carve it, and, man, there's blood running out of that thing down there. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you know. So my number one tip is going to be that. Make sure you thaw it way ahead of time. If it stays an extra two or three days in the fridge, it ain't going to hurt nothing as long as it's cold. But uh, for sure, you definitely want to thaw it out and uh, and don't oversmoke it. Uh, I think that was a mistake a lot of us make when we're learning how to smoke is just lots and lots of smoke and then it's kind of a little too bitter but we don't know no better like that <laughs> so that's kind of how i came up with that little saying that i always put out there it's like keep the smoke light you know if you give it that little kiss of smoke there's a little balance there where you can go a little bit more and it's still going to be really great but if you overdo it it's going to have that bitter aftertaste and you're going to be burping it uh or the bird's going to come out super black you know and so i tried to put those pictures out last week and show the bird that's really pretty and whatever anybody can accomplish that they just don't uh put too much smoke in there just put the right amount if it's smoking too dark out of the stack or the exhaust you know maybe give it a little bit more air and, and if it gets too hot maybe put a pan under there so it doesn't burn your turkey if it gets color and you're already getting beyond that point where it's getting a little too dark just cover it with foil and yeah. it'll stop taking on color and you don't have to like wrap it tight i usually just lay it on top and just kind of wrinkle it down towards the bottom so it doesn't blow off or whatever when you open the door but i don't put it tight or anything because then that makes the skin a little too soft but um yeah definitely make sure you thaw it out keep your temperature consistent that's probably the number one thing too that a lot of guys i think miss is, is you know they'll vary the temperature up and down a lot and that makes for inconsistent cook times but if you can keep that temperature right the smoke light uh and thaw that bird properly uh, I mean, I've done it with just straight salt and pepper, and they're fantastic. I tend to use chicken seasonings on mine, um, and and uh, it, to me, it just makes a great bird. Um, my mom goes all out, and she'll do it in the oven. She'll put rosemary and this and that and all kinds of stuff, man. And I've just never felt like I needed to do that on a smoked bird. But I want to tell you, man, when you do that, when my mom does that, I eat more of her bird than mine. <laughs> I love my mother's turkey. You know, it just tastes great, man. When... She doesn't put it in there halfway raw and <laughs> halfway frozen or when she does, right. right. you know, I keep trying to show her every year how to use, you know, a thermal pan and then she forgets, you know. Yeah. I was going to suggest uh, that that's probably another tip right there is, is yes, to, if you, yes. if you can get a, a, a thermal pan or some, some type of probe and yes, monitor it. Man, I'm glad you caught that. That's another big thing for sure, man. And you don't have to buy the, the expensive thermal work. They sell some decent ones there at Academy and Walmart. Yeah. Uh, you can get like a Taylor, uh, I forget what they're ready, something or other. Um, those are, I've had those in the past. They worked perfectly fine. I never had one with an issue. They worked great. You know, get a probe with a little wire thing, stick it in the thigh down there towards the bottom where I was talking about and monitor that temperature. And when that thing gets up, at the thigh close to 160 or 150 check your breast with a with a pen if you don't have a dual probe thing check it with a thermopan or a thermopop or one of those uh thermometers and just kind of see where you're at another thing uh if you have a stick burner i always recommend rotating the bird at least once during the cook so you get nice even color from one side to the other generally if you're in a drum or or in a you know upright type deal you're going to have nice even heat pretty much all the way around but if you have a cooker and you're cooking indirect and the air flows from one side to the other to the exhaust, uh, sometimes I, I would recommend you rotate it at least once. Get a nice even cooking, nice even color. Another tip I, I like on the stick burner, I like to start with my drumsticks 
facing the heat source where the firebox is at. And uh, when I see the drumsticks and that part of the bird getting a little color and the skin starts to pull back on the drumstick, that's when I'll turn it around and start getting some color and a little bit of heat on the breast side of the bird as well. But, yeah, for sure, that's probably one of the most important things now. Two things, thaw it right and then use uh, thermometers. You know, I see guys, you know, kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm going out there, I'm going to say, kind of arrogantly saying, you know, I don't need no thermometer, you know, I've, you know, I've been cooking forever. But what they don't realize that a lot of these new people coming out learning how to cook barbecue, they don't know how to feel that lid and determine if it's hot enough or not hot enough. And those gadgets, these things can be a game changer and a lifesaver for sure, man. You know, some of us have been cooking forever. Yeah, I can cook without a thermometer, but why? You know, why are you going to make your job harder, man? Those thermometers and those gauges, they make everything so much easier, man. There's takes a lot of guesswork out of it for sure. I totally agree. That's something that when we started cooking, uh, and we, we started cooking down here in, in South South Houston area where basically every – Every bar in this area had a had a cook off, right? So that was that was yeah. kind of where you went, you know, back in the day, and that's where I started. It was Bobby's on the Bayou. Yeah, there. right. So <laughs> so mine was a place called Silver Fox, was my my first cook off I ever did, right? Um, and I I got lucky, had some good guys that were cooking around us that I was able to pick some tricks up from, and I cooked, and I got second place, first time I ever cooked, right? Bam, yeah, awesome. you know, and that's you're right earlier. That's that right there was like. Okay, well, I guess I'm a professional now. I guess I guess I'll be back <laughs> yeah. next week. So uh, yeah, it was my head got pretty big. Uh, but you're right. I, I back then we didn't have a thermometer to to really use or anything else. So I I learned how to cook with 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 how how does the brisket buckle? When you pick the does it buckling good? When I, when I put a toothpick into it or or something into right. it, is it how 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 does it feel that probing going in and out? Um, and that's kind of how and. Don't get me wrong. We probably overcooked some briskets uh, back in sure. the day, um, but sure, we've all if, done it. if we if if I was overcooking it, that means everybody else was overcooking theirs as well. Because um, I I think the, probably the biggest thing I I picked up on on cooking these briskets was uh, the rest time. Right, having your brisket yes. rest, and it took me a long time to really. I think I fought I fought James on it for so long. James was like, "We have to let it rest for at least two hours." I was like, two hours." things gonna be cold there's no way this thing's resting for two hours you know so uh but that, that was when you get a you know got a cooler and you get a blanket or a a, a towel and, and wrapped it up but you're exactly right that was one of the biggest things that i i really fought with and now now i don't, I don't know how i cook without a, a thermo pen i'm like where's my thermo pen is it ready yet? yeah i don't know yeah let, let me get same my, here i can't touch it i, I need my thermo pen so yeah. i mean i even do that with steak fajitas it's a fairly thin cut but I don't want to overcook them, man. I want to cook those things. When they hit 140, they're coming out. I know. Boom, we're done. I agree. I agree. So, Steaks so, are 135, 137. I like them a little bit more. Going back medium. to turkey, are you pulling at 165 <laughs> in the breast? Or are you doing um, 160? Uh, I, I, I try to shoot for 170, 175 at the thigh because uh, I want that. You know how they have the turkeys have all that connective tissue and those little long. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I forget what you call them. Um, tendons. Tendons. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. Yeah, those need to kind of break down a little bit. Some of those don't at all, but um, the poultry meat just is better when it goes a little higher than 160 yeah. in the leg and in the drumstick and thigh area. No, I agree. The breast definitely. If you can get it, you know, if you can get 
the thighs up to that temperature and keep the breast about 160, 159, even uh, 58, you're good, you know. Um, and it's a challenge to do it that way. And that's why, like I said earlier, you, I try to start with the thigh and the drumstick towards the heat source so that those will start to get hot and cook first before the breast. <clears throat> and it generally works pretty close and pretty good for me. Let me ask you one question, and I know we're kind of running a little, little long, and we might have to cut it here in a little bit. Uh, but let me ask you this, uh, a recommendation, and then we'll get into uh, uh, the, the arnitex.com and where people can, gotcha. can go to and uh, get these classes and all that stuff. So for the people that are listening, can you recommend a sauce and a seasoning that that they they can probably whether it's commercial or something they can probably purchase online that you know hey arnie this is what i use at the house i have this house is kind of a just a, a recommendation like these people can can start experimenting a little bit with you know there's so many good ones out there now i mean when we started cooking it wasn't like that i mean we had to blend and mix and make and so that's a habit i still have today but uh you don't really have to there's so many really really good ones um you know, Bill has a, a different one there at his place, that salted vodka and grapefruit. Um, it's it's a great sauce. Um, you can order it online. And, and uh, Tim Dickey has his Sweet Emotion. I like that one because it has some little onion bits and pieces in there, but it's a little thick. Um, you know, and if you go to Walmart, I mean, Head Country's there. Personally, I like the original Head Country because you can doctor that one uh, to any way you want. I mix the Head Country, and I've shared this before on many different platforms. Uh, I'll mix the Head Country original about 60-40 or 70-30 with the uh, Stub Spicy. Phenomenal little flavor combination right there. Uh, you know, and, and it's just really, really a good sauce. You can buy them usually by the gallon or, or so at Walmart um, <clears throat> if you use a lot. That's a really, really good sauce. Suckle Busters, you know, their original has is, is been one of my favorites for many, many years also. Um, you know, it's a really, really great sauce. Um, you know, seasonings, I'm going to shoot straight, man. I like, I like uh, Fiesta chicken seasoning and their chicken fajita seasoning. And then I like to layer a little Juicy Pig or some of Bill's pork and chicken rub over that. But any one of those uh, that are out there now would really do a good job. Um, you know, at the grocery store, you can pick up the uh, Lari's. It's a little saltier than most, but Lari's is a really good all-around seasoning. Tony Chachari's is cheap. You can get it at every grocery store. Um, and Tony's used to be a competition secret for many, many years for a lot of us, man. We've been using that stuff for years and years. You know, I don't hardly ever use it anymore. I do once in a while, but, uh, cause there's so many good ones out there now, but, um, man, that used to be a secret, man, for a lot of comp guys. Tony Toucher is the original, just good stuff. So, uh, when you said Bill, so, so you're, you're saying it's a Texas select seasonings. Correct? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, yes. That Texas select seasonings. Okay. Bill. Yeah. Uh, Texas select seasonings. He's got, uh, some really great rubs and, yeah. um, I like his juicy pig as a finish on just about almost anything. I even use it on my brisket, um, both at home and in competition. Um, it's, it's just a good all around rub. It's not super sweet, but it has a little bit of garlic in there. It's a low salt rub so um, you can put salt from one of the other rubs as a base layer and then finish with that that's a really really good all-around seasoning also and he and and he got i don't know what was it the national barbecue Association first place whatever last year 
with that particular rub. I don't think anybody can go wrong with that rub. It's just really a great rub. But, I mean, everybody nowadays, there's, there's so many great ones out there. Crawford just won the best rub on the planet at the American Royal Contest recently. And, and I have his here. I've used them. They're fantastic rubs as well. You can order them online from him also. Nice. I, I don't think I've heard of Crawford. Uh, Crawford, yeah, he's uh, out of the San Antonio area. Man, okay. look him up. And then you got Lucky Charms there, right there in your area too. Yeah, well, yeah, he moved. Yeah, he moved now, but um, yeah, Crawford's uh, rubs, man. They he got his all-purpose or SA, he calls it. Uh, man, it, it's a good, good rub, and his beef, burnt beef rub is really good. I mean, I'm not plugging all these guys because they're my friends, because they're all my friends. No, but, I mean, uh-uh. I'm, you know, they're asking. I'm telling you, these are good, good rubs, and for sure, for sure. You can never, ever go wrong with any of the Fajita Fiesta seasonings. Uncle Chris is a go-to for we use it. a lot of people I yeah. know, man. Yeah. It's just a great all-around seasoning, too. I tell everybody, hands down, check out Fiesta seasoning. And I assume that they're, they're uh, U.S. That's or, the Bonners, right? Bonners. Yeah. Yeah. Bonners. Yeah. Yeah. Bonners. Can, yeah. can they get they're that? right there in San Antonio. Can they get that all, all across the United States? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, uh, they, yeah. Uh, they have an online store. You can buy it online from mm-hmm. directly from their website. Yeah. And, that, that's um, that's the one rub seasoning that I say. Hey, you got to get your hands on some of this. And the the fajita rub, dude, is so good. Amazing. The, the brisket yes. rub, we love the brisket rub as well. The Uncle Chris's, I mean, it's super good. Hamburger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Chupacabra's come out with a lot of really good stuff in this last year or two. Also, you know, I mean. Uh, he started with his original, and then he uh, got the Cajun. I love the Cajun one. Uh, and then his Brisket Magic. I mean, it's been a secret contest winner for a lot of guys, too. It's just a really great rub. Good good line of seasonings, too. He's got a rib noxious now that's good. Um, so, I mean, any one of those, whatever you find in your store, if it's any one of those, you're not going to go wrong for sure. And if you want to go online, just look all those guys up. Crawford's Barbecue is based out of San Antonio. Tech Select Seasonings and uh, Lucky Charms based out of that area there in the Houston yeah, area. Yeah, we, we, we know um, those guys. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, there's just so many good ones out there, man. But it's, it, you know, when you go to HEB and Walmart, there's so many new ones out there. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I've probably tried every single <laughs> one of them more than once. I'm and buying um, there's some that are great and some that you're going like, what the heck are these guys thinking? <laughs> How did they get in the store? You know? <laughs> but, you know, I won't name names because I don't even remember half of them. But, you know, there's there's some really good ones out there, man. There really are. Well, I tell you what, there's one that I would suggest to you if you have not had a chance. And you, you got to get it online. It's the Rodney Scott Whole Hog Barbecue Rub. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. I've seen him on on YouTube and stuff. So, so he, we had uh, he, they had a Netflix special with him, right? Where he has the yeah, I saw hog. it. Yeah. Yep. So we we actually had him on uh, the podcast not a couple of weeks ago, or so, two or three weeks ago, and uh, we had purchased a rub. And last weekend we did the uh, the pork steaks with that whole hog rub. Let me tell you, uh-huh. man, that stuff is freaking ridiculous. And I, I did it, I did it mid cook, so I seasoned it with it, and then mid cook, I sprinkled a little bit more front and back while it was cooking. Uh huh. You couldn't go wrong. You could not go wrong. It's spicy. It's salty. It's, it's got a little spice to pork. it. Uh, but wow. I was really, really impressed with with that rub. Um, that, that's I think he said that that's the only thing he uses for for his whole hog. So it's that one rub he, that he put together. Uh, wow, and and I was a little bit 
shocked. I don't know how much. I, I can't remember how much it costs. Like six, seven bucks for the thing, but um, you don't get a whole lot. You're, you're not. You get like, like six ounces or something. Yeah, like so, four, four, six ounces. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's four, it. Four ounces. So <laughs> we, we kind of kind of joked with him a little bit. Like maybe you sell this thing in a in a a pound bag or something. Like how do you how do you sell this? You know, he's like, well, that's all I I'd sell it in this one container. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, if you get a chance, that's that, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I'll us. definitely be ordering it, man. Anytime anybody tells me something that's good, I gotta try it. You know, I will for sure. All right, so Arnie, uh, where can the people find you at if they want to maybe take one of your classes or get a little more information about cooking badass barbecue? <clears throat> well, we're online uh, on on most of the social media platforms. I, I tend to be a little more active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, we we go by Arnie Tex A R N I T E X. So if you just type into your web browser at Arnie Techs, uh, you know, most of these will all come up. Um, so I'm on Facebook. I have, jeez, uh, man, four pages, I think, on Facebook now or five. I don't know. <laughs> but it's at Arnie Techs. And then uh, we also have our Pitmaster class online, uh, which is a private Facebook group for the people that buy our full uh, class, our complete Pitmaster class. Uh, we're on Instagram, and we have links there, too, to our uh, online class as well we're continually adding more and more videos to our online class it's been kind of a vision of mine and my sons to build that into the best barbecue class in the in the country in the world um and so we've got i think over 100 videos in there now uh and so i love getting these messages uh from folks that that um buy into that class and they're and they're some of them are already like experienced competitors i had one today he's like he had taken a couple of the classes before. He wanted me to talk to him first, so I called him, and he's like, man, I took this one, I took this one. I, I just don't know if I want to spend another 400 bucks. What am I really going to get out of this one? And I kind of just told him, look, this is what we would have did. This is what we do. I mean, I promise you won't be disappointed. So he bought it, I think, yesterday afternoon, and today he sends me a text, and he's like, man, I've been cooking a while. He goes, and wow, he goes, I'm blown away with what you got in there. And, and, and so stuff like that just really makes my heart go pitter-patter. Like, you know, it lets me know that we're on the right track, yeah. doing the best we can for the people that are wanting to learn a little bit about barbecue, both competition and backyard. But we're on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram. I do have a Twitter account. I don't post on there very often because I forget. Uh, and, you know, it's 24 hours in a day. There's only so much you can do, you know, and uh, to keep up with it all. But it's it's been fun for sure. Yeah, and you got uh, arnitex.com as well. And uh, I have arnitex.com. It's, it's a kind of an older website that we've had for a while. We started with that, but everything's pretty much more on the social media. But if you go to arnitex.com, it will direct you to our social media as well, correct? Nice. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you remember that because I never remember it half the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't go there, you know. But we've been wanting to overhaul that for a while, and we're just all going 100 miles an hour, you know, in different directions. It's just been hard to keep up with it, to be honest with you. I hear you. Hey, uh, Arnie, hey, we, we wish you the best uh, in the future. And we, we thank you for coming on the show and, and giving us uh, a little of this barbecue knowledge. Uh, we My pleasure. Hope to maybe uh, catch up with you a little bit later on down the road. And I'm definitely interested in checking out those little classes. All right, man. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And it's been an honor and, and a huge pleasure as well. All, All right, Arnie. Take, take care, you, sir. Have a good night. Thank you, Arnie. All right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one, too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Man, how awesome was that interview? No, it's good. I mean, he's, he you can tell he's hes the type of person you want to have on and is like have your agendas set up because 
he's 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 basically just telling you like you ask a question he's got the answers for it and it's kind of one of those things like i wish i'd been probably a little bit better prepared because i'd be like what is your brisket recipe what right. is he your... would have just spit it out he would have he would have told us uh, i mean that's, that's kind of uh, he probably tells everybody his brisket recipe i mean that's yeah. that's the type of guy he is instead now we got to buy the damn thing which we got to do <laughs> now but uh which is probably worth it you know why not oh yeah. sure it um is. No, it's yeah. This guy's been around for a long time, so it's it's a huge honor to have him. You could tell Definitely. he has a ton of knowledge, and it was just flowing. Yeah. And a super nice guy, yeah. you know, super oh. super down to earth, super yes. knowledgeable. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, he should probably have his own podcast, and he can sit there and just like talk. Yeah. And I mean, I think we should just get rid of one of y'all. And, just and he can join. Or, or we do in uh, paper, rock, scissors, or we no, just no, do no, like... James, you're an automatic. Oh, okay, okay I'm in. Yes. I'll <laughs> play against myself. I'm both rocks. I'll just. I'm two rocks. Now. I guess. No, I, I think we're going like skulls, or, or something like where you got to like pull a marble out of bag or something. And whoever gets the, yeah, the that's the, weird, James. What are you no, talking okay, about? Fine. Never. Mind. Nobody's James, seen that movie. That's key parties, James. Okay. Going back to. on track here. Uh, so. No, yeah, that's great, great interview. Thanks to Arnie, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, this is another solid interview with Grabbing the Brisket Podcast. Yep. And then, Alden, I know we always mix it up a little bit. I know we probably come in at different times, but do you think maybe you can give the business to the people? I can, but this is not usually when we do it, but yep. I'll do it. It's just www.grabthebrisket.com. Anything, guys, you want to find there, you'll find it. Uh, we will respond. We will look at it. We will... Uh, maybe snarl at it sometimes, be like, God dang, this guy's being a troll. But you know what? Right. We Some, love it. Sometimes they say, man, you, know you did a really horrible job on the interview. We'll just, please, can you? And then we just, we learn, we grow. It's true. Sure. That Great. never actually happens. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes my ladder only goes one way. Sometimes it's down. I don't know. So, uh, anyhow, guys, uh, like I say, it's www.grabthebrisket.com and you can get us anywhere. You know, anywhere socially you want to, you can find us on there. So just uh, go check it out. Get the merch. Uh, buy me a shirt. Um, I'm a small, so uh, ship it to me, and I'll wear it. That's true. Support your local podcaster. That is right. <laughs> yep. And gotcha. if you do want more info on Arnie, there'll be a link uh, in the description. Awesome. So, hey, we appreciate the, the listen, guys. We'll catch you later. Peace. Thank you. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Thanks for listening, guys. Special thanks to our sponsors, Jealous Devil Charcoal, Getty, Cooley Nation, Cambro Manufacturing, Texas Brew Hopper, Smoke Sheet, and Fiesta Spices. For more information on those companies, please check out our website at grabthebrisket.com.